Father. You do indeed revive us. God, you're the one that gives us strength. You're the one that gives us everything. Lord, you're the one that puts breath in our lungs. So often, Lord, we try to rely on ourselves. We try to do it ourselves. We try to make things happen ourselves. Too often, Lord, we depend too much on ourselves, and that is our mistake. Lord, this world is trying to do it on their own, and we don't want to be like this world. We want to be like your son, Jesus. God, I pray that right now, as we look at your word, I pray that we rely on your Holy Spirit. God, we do not do that enough. God, as we look in your, in your word, as we read the book of Acts, I pray that your Holy Spirit would speak. God, the people would not hear from me, but they would hear from you. God, this is a time when, when your people are to have their ears tuned into you, and they're to listen to you. So he who has ears, let him hear. God, I pray, I pray that, that you would speak to us now. God, and that we would listen. We would not only hear, but we would listen. In the name of Jesus Christ, our King, and the author of our faith, in Jesus' name I do pray. Amen. So, uh, <clears throat> we preached about this a lot, and uh, it's kind of something that's, very near and dear to my heart, something that's really heavy on me, something that uh, I guess when I really started to think about what the modern church is not doing, what the modern church is missing in a lot of ways, why the modern church is not making disciples the way they should be making, why the church is not acting the way they should be acting, which is the genesis for this whole series I started to think about one thing that I really believe is, is core and central to the problem. And that is too much self-reliance. Too much self-reliance. It's like we, 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 we send a pastor off to seminary and we say, all right, go and find out what we're supposed to do in order to be able to have a church and have a successful church and have a bunch of people come to it. Now you go and you, you find out that prescription and you bring it back here and, and we'll, we'll have an organization, we'll have a conference, we'll have a group that will give you a bunch of money and then you can go and you can start a, a church or you can go be a pastor of another church that's already started and all you do is have to work this plan that's already been established and that's what you do in order to have a successful church. You go in there every Sunday, you say the things over and over again that you said last year, you repeat the same sermons that you repeated last year, you've got a file folder list of all the things that you said last year, and you just repeat those things again. And then the next year, you'll do the same thing over again. And the, the choir will sing the same songs that they were singing 100 years ago. And you just do that over and over again. And you say, well, there you have it. You have a successful church. You have a church that is doing the work of God. And are people coming to, to faith in Christ? Yes, they are. And that is true. That those churches, there are people coming to faith in, in Christ. In those churches, that is true. Absolutely. But do I believe that that is the picture of what we see in God's Word as we look at how the apostles acted? Is that the way that the apostles did things? That's not what I see. That's not what I see. We're going to look today at, at, at what they were waiting on. They were waiting on the Holy Spirit, Right? I really believe that what a lot of people are missing and what a lot of churches are missing is the Holy Spirit. Now, when you say that, a lot of people get really nervous, especially in a Baptist church, okay? 
Like, like, so just in case you're wondering, this is not a Baptist church, okay? Some people are confused that because I came from a Baptist church, everybody says, well, this is a Baptist church. No, this is not a Baptist church. Uh, people say, well, are you a non-denominational church? Well, this is not a non-denominational church. This is a Bible-based church. We believe in the Bible, and we do our best to follow God's Word, okay? We're an interdenominational church, if you want to call us that. I don't care what you call us, Okay? But what we're going to do is we're going to follow God's word the best way we can. How about that? All right. So anyway, so off that soapbox. We'll we'll get on that soapbox another day. All right. So, but what I believe though is that people get really nervous when you talk about the Holy Spirit, right? Because people, they start sweating. Okay. Well, they're going to start running up and down the aisles. You know, they're going to start shouting. They're going to, you know, and, and we do shout in here admittedly sometimes because we get excited about Jesus Christ. It's the overflow of our heart and we are joyful. I am sorry about that. Okay. Like, like, I apologize if that frightens some of y'all, okay? Willie is going to yell from time to time. Tab is going to yell from time to time. It is going to happen, okay? That's why we put them on opposite sides of the building, okay? <laughs> We're like, y'all can't be yelling next to each other. You're going to frighten everybody to the other side of the building. So you got to be on separate sides of the building, right? And, and Tony's over here with Willie, so we got to have somebody else yelling on this side, okay? I don't know who you are, but we got to have somebody over here on Tab to balance this out, so... Anyway, so, uh, anyway, but you say Holy Spirit and people get kind of freaked out about it. But, but, but I want you to understand that, that living under the influence and under the power of the Holy Spirit is not just some kind of like, you know, falling out, shaking on the ground kind of thing. It is actually tuning in and listening to what God is saying and living in the power of that Holy Spirit so that God is controlling your life in every single thing that you do, including this discipleship process that we are talking about. The making of disciples, you do that under the leadership of the Holy Spirit and God is telling you what to do. You say that, I don't know what to do and how to make disciples. Well, that's good. You're in a good place because God is the one that shows you how to do those things. Christ is the one that adds to the church daily, not you. It's not you. And if you try to do it, you're in direct opposition of God. You're trying to compete with God. And that's not a good place to be. Right? So, so you, when you do it under the leadership of the Holy Spirit, then you're in a good place. When you say, I can't, but Christ can, then you're in a good place. Right? When you humble yourself under the authority and leadership of Christ, and you're going, okay, Christ is at the head. Now I understand my position. Then you're in the right place. Right? So the Holy Spirit, okay? So, all right, so I, I got to tell you a quick story. Um, you know I like to pick on Connie from up here because uh, I have the microphone more than she does. So, so uh, uh, it was, what was that, like last Sunday or Wednesday? It, it, anyway, she was supposed to speak last Wednesday, and she did, right? And, and she, was, she was like, I need to talk to you before I speak on Wednesday. I need to share some stuff with you that I got on my heart, and I need to make sure... It's what I'm supposed to say and that, 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 you know, that I'm saying the right thing and scripturally it's correct and all this kind of stuff, right? And so she goes, so this is what I'm thinking about Wednesday. And she puts her hand on my shoulder and, she still, and I say, stop. She's like, what? I said, not today. We'll talk about it Wednesday if you still have questions. And she's like, what? I said, no. Listen to the Holy Spirit right now. Now's not the time that we're supposed to talk about it. I don't know what it is that you're supposed to struggle with, what you're supposed to deal with, but now's not the time. We can talk about it, and I'm okay with talking about it, but not right now. We'll give it another three days or so, and then we can talk about it. And she's like, you know, 
There you go, listening to the Holy Spirit again. And if you know me, you know that I do crazy stuff like that, right? If you know me very well, I mean, we were, we were doing small groups in our 20-somethings, right? And, and I'll, I will, like, stop in the middle, and I'll be like, okay, and I will point somebody out, and I will call them out and ask them a question, and they get all kinds of freaked out, right? Like, I got some 20-somethings right now that are nodding their heads like, yes, he does do that, and it is very, very scary. I had somebody say in our 20-somethings group the other, the other night, they go, if you do not believe in God, just talk to Kenny, okay? Like, he will call you out and say some really scary stuff, you know what I mean? And it really is just living under the power. And, and I mean, I'm like, you don't understand. I just listen to him. He knows it all. I promise you he does. If you listen to him, if you really do tune into him, I promise you he knows some stuff that will blow your mind. And everybody's like, I don't know that I believe in that. I promise you. I promise you. But see, here's the problem. Here's the reason why we don't do that. It's because we don't have to, right? We feel like we don't have to. We feel like, man, I'm just, I'm good. I can go, I can go to my job. I can, I can buy a car or a house. I can go about my daily life and my life is not threatened. It's not a big deal. But that's not the position the disciples were in. The apostles of Jesus Christ were not in that position as we look in Acts chapter 1. So let's, let's read just a little bit in Acts chapter 1. It says, in my first book, I told you, Theophilus, Theophilus about everything Jesus began to do and teach until the day he was taken up to heaven after giving... His chosen apostles, further instructions through the Holy Spirit. During the 40 days after his crucifixion, he appeared to the apostles from time to time. And he proved to them in many ways that he was actually alive. And he talked, about, talked to them about the kingdom of God. And once he was eating with them, he commanded them, Do not leave Jerusalem until the Father sends you the gift he promised, as I told you before. John baptized with water, just, but in just a few days, you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. So when the apostles were with Jesus, he kept asking them, Lord, has the time come for you to free Israel and restore your kingdom? He replied, the Father alone has the authority to set those dates and times, and they are not for you to know. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. So here, I want you to understand the context for just a minute. So Jesus has died. He's been crucified. His, his disciples, his apostles know, have known that this has happened. happened. They've, you know, I, I really believe based on what we see in Scripture that John was present for much of this. A lot of his disciples weren't necessarily around to see a lot of the crucifixion actually take place. But I believe that, you know, that they knew via secondhand information about you know, some of the details. But I mean, it was just a really bad scene. I believe that a lot of them were hiding out at that point in time. And they knew that he died and, and all this kind of stuff. And then when he gets resurrected, I mean, he starts appearing to them, right? He starts showing up at different places. And, and, and he's, you know, it's recorded here in the book of Acts. And we'll talk about that more as we study in the book of Acts. We'll talk about these appearances and we'll talk about Jesus reveals himself to his apostles. And he's, so he's, he's appearing to them. And they start recounting the things that he says. And, and they're going, okay, well, I remember this one time he said, don't leave Jerusalem until the Father sends you this gift that has been promised. He said, oh, okay, what is this gift? He says, John baptized with water. So we all know that that's like what we do in the holy hot, hot tub over here. It's like to baptize with water, which is the, 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 the outward symbol of us repenting of our sins and becoming a new creation, 
right? So, so that's, but he's saying that there's something else. There's a new baptism that I'm talking about, and that is a baptism of the Holy Spirit. And that is to receive the Holy Spirit. Okay, so he's like, he's like there's something more to this. There's another component. There's a, 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 a deeper piece to this, and I want you to hang out in Jerusalem a while until you receive this. Can you imagine for just a moment how frightened these guys are? I mean, you saw what happened to Jesus. You saw how badly he was beaten. You saw how badly his flesh was torn from his body. It did not end well for Jesus when when, when he went up against the Pharisees. And these were guys that, that followed Jesus. These were guys that not just followed Jesus, they were really tight with Jesus and looked out for Jesus and traveled around with Jesus. Can you imagine how scary that would be? Can you imagine how terrified they were in their bones to like be thinking about, that could be me tomorrow. That could be me tomorrow. That's a big deal. You see, we don't live under that kind of fear. We, I mean, they, now there are Christians in a place like China where that if they are found, that they will be beaten. They will be put in prison. They will be just within the edge of their life if they're found out to be a Christian. There, there are places like that in this world, but we don't have that here. Because we don't have that, I think that we don't have as great of a reliance on the Holy Spirit. When they talk about receiving power, they're talking about receiving real strength. They're talking about a strength and a dependency that they had to have to take another breath the next day, to get up and walk out the door the next day because people were going to be threatening their life. People were going to be saying, you know what? Your life is on the line if you even say the name of Jesus. And here we can say Jesus all day long and it's, it's not even a big deal. And we can, we can wear our Christian t-shirt and it's not even a big deal. So therefore, we don't have the same dependency on the Holy Spirit unless... Unless, unless you put yourself in a situation where you have to have a dependency on the Holy Spirit. Hmm. Hmm. What could that look like? Well, think about the fact that these disciples, these apostles of Jesus were very scared, right? So what is a situation in which you, as a Christ follower today, would be very scared? You're like, well, you know, I could go out and, you know, get in trouble and, you know, be put in jail. That's not what I'm talking about, no. You could go and talk to somebody about Jesus, right? That terrifies you, doesn't it? When you go and you you mention the name of Jesus in front of somebody that's not a Christ follower, it really gets scary, doesn't it? You're like, ooh, especially if it's a family member, right? Like, that really gets scary. You really get nervous then. It's like, ooh, I don't know if I can do that. That's crazy talk then. Could it be, could it be that, that in those moments, God is actually teaching you something? God is actually showing you something? God is actually doing a work in you at the same time that he's doing a work in them? That he's teaching you a greater dependency on his Holy Spirit? He's showing you, you can't do this apart from me. And you're saying, God, I can't do this apart from you. And he's showing you, you can't do this apart from me. And you continue to grow in that. I can tell you that every single week when I get up here to preach to you, when I get up here to share God's word, for, word to you, I'm like, God, I don't know what I'm going to say. 
I get up every Sunday morning at like 3 o'clock in the morning. I go, God, I have no clue what I'm going to say to these people. I am scared to death. And he goes, good. Exactly. It's exactly where I want you to be. And I go, God, if you don't, if you don't come through, it's going to be a mess. It's going to be an absolute disaster. It's going to be an absolute disaster. And I want you to know something, too. I want you to know something that's going on here at Simple Church and going on in my heart. And that is that God is starting to raise up leaders. He's starting to raise up additional speakers and leaders. And, and, and I am really, God has impressed upon my heart that we are to foster that. We are to encourage that. And we're giving some additional speaking opportunities to people and and I really believe that that is one of the things that God is giving us some direction on here at Simple Church. And we are going to continue to encourage people a greater dependency on the Holy Spirit. Because I promise you, when you get up here and these lights are beaming on your face and you're out here looking at 200 people, you're going, God, you got to come through now. You know what I mean? You go. I mean, until you've done it, I mean, I, I know that it kind of it looks easy sometimes from, from down there when you're looking up here, but... Until you've done it one time, you're like, oh, wow, that is a very, very thing to, difficult thing to do. Because then what happens sometimes is you kind of, you get stuck on a word, and, and you're like, oh, no, what do I do? And your face turns red, and then you start getting all sweaty, and then you don't know what to do next. And then you, you think, well, what if I mess up the next word? And then, and then you think about, what are the last two words that I messed up? And then, I mean, like, it just gets out of control, and it's this downward spiral thing that happens. If you've never done any public speaking, you don't know what I'm talking about. But if you've ever done any public speaking, you're like, yes, I know that feeling. But you know what? You know, it's different. It's different. One of the things that I have learned here is that, is, you know, is, is this dependency on the Holy Spirit of God. And what I say is that, you know what, God? If I messed up that word, so what? It's okay. It, it's showing these people that I am absolutely imperfect. It's showing these people that I am absolutely dependent on you and I'm going to screw up a lot and and I'm going to absolutely need you and I'm going to absolutely need to depend on your Holy Spirit every single breath. But we don't put ourselves in situations enough where we're so dependent on the Holy Spirit to come through that we just say, God, if you don't come through, I'm doomed. I know that Keith knows what I'm talking about. The first couple times you spoke in front of a crowd, I mean, it was terrifying, wasn't it? You're like, God, you got to come through. You gotta come through. And, and like for me, I can tell you with hundred percent assurance, I had no idea that I, I could speak in front of people. I remember the first time I spoke in front of a Sunday school class, man, I was terrified. I thought and then I sat down and I went, there is no way anybody will ever let me speak in front of a group of people again. Ever. Like that that was the worst thing I've ever heard. There's no way anybody will let me speak again. But you know what? God opened up another door, and I, I, I spoke one more time. And then what happened? God opened up another door, and I was like, okay. I'm sitting there going, all right, it's on you, man. You know, like, you keep opening the doors. I'm going to step through it. You're going to have to shut the door, close the door there. If you don't want me to walk, I, so I walk through the door. And then he would teach me, you got to rely on me. you got to rely on me. Same thing happen, happens when you start to disciple people. I want, I want, to, I want to share. I like, so this, in this message series, there's some things I want, to, I want to tell you that are very practical about the discipleship process. And I want you to hear me. I want you to hear some of the things that I have learned over time about discipleship and how, how, how it's, been, it's just worked out for me. I, I don't know if this is going to work for you, but I'm going to tell you how it works for me. Okay? So 
when, when, when in, in like youth groups and stuff like that, when, when I make a connection with somebody and I see that they've got a, a real desire and a real passion to learn something more about Jesus Christ, they're, they're starting to, like they've got that inquisitive look on their face about, you know, what, what is this Jesus thing? And they'll ask you a question. It starts with one question, right? And then they ask you another question. And then they'll ask you some more questions. Well, once, you, once they start asking those questions and you start to pour into them, then you'll start to ask them questions. And then you'll ask them some things that will make them think to make them ask some more questions. And then they'll start to ask you some more questions, right? Yeah, I mean, I want you to understand that discipleship is just talking to somebody about Jesus. I want you to understand that. It's not that you have to have some deep theological knowledge and you have to have some three-year seminary degree and all this kind of stuff. You don't have to have an MDiv. You don't have to have that stuff. You just talk to somebody about Jesus and what you know to be true about Jesus. And then you can, like I heard this sermon the other day and I want to talk to you about it. I saw somebody on TV the other day and I thought it was garbage and I want to tell you why I thought it was garbage. You know, I mean, like it's okay to have those conversations with people. I mean, that's the discipleship process, just bouncing stuff off of, st- of people and just talking to them about Jesus. And so I'll have these conversations with somebody. And then if you start to hang out with them a little bit, what you will see is around them, there are these other people. And they, they've got their other little circle of friends, right? And there will be somebody in that circle of friends that is also very inquisitive. They have seen in that person, they have seen something in that person, and it's made them start to ask questions. Now, you have to look for who this is, and you have to listen to the Holy Spirit who will show you who this person is. Once again, dependent upon the Holy Spirit to show you who this person is. I cannot tell you the number of times this has happened. So I, somebody that I have been pouring my life into, teaching them about the truth of God, you know, just kind of just being there for them when they were hurting. And, and you will go to a softball game, a volleyball game, and you'll just go and you'll be pouring into that person. And then you will see a friend or something. And you're like, oh, that's a person who God seems to be leading me towards to start to pour into them too. And, and I, I can't tell you how many times this has happened. So you start to pour into them too. And the idea is that hopefully you can, you can train one to disciple the other, and then you get them in a conversation, and they start talking about Jesus. And then before you know it, they're having conversations about Jesus, encouraging each other to come to church, and encouraging each other to read God's Word together. And I mean, and, and then they've got friends, they've got their circle of influence, and you can see how this grows and grows and grows, and that's exactly the process by which discipleship happens. And you're like, I, 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 I see it. And it's great to see it, but are you doing it? Are you doing it? And more importantly than that, do you want it done to you? Because discipleship has to be something that you want to happen to you too, right? So it has to be accepted. Sometimes it's very difficult when you go to disciple somebody and they don't want to be a recipient of it, right? And I know that you run into that, okay? I know that you run into that. I run into that too. But I don't want you to be discouraged by that. I don't want you to stop trying. Why do I not want you to stop trying? Why should I I not stop trying? It says right here, it says, But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And you will be my witnesses, telling people about me everywhere, in Jerusalem, throughout Judea, in Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. 
says, you're going to be my witnesses. You're going to be the ones that, that go out and tell, and you're going to have power within you that's going to enable you to be able to go and do that. And so many times, what do we do? What do we say? I, I'm, not, I'm not strong enough. I don't have enough biblical knowledge. I, I, I can't do that. Of course you can't. Of course you can't. That's exactly the place you're supposed to be in. And, 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 and I hear pastors all the time, they're going like, they're going to the Christian bookstore and they're trying to figure out, you know, read church growth books and all this kind of stuff. And they go, why is my church not growing? And all this kind of stuff. And I'm like, number one, follow the leadership of the Holy Spirit. Do what Jesus Christ is calling you to do. And secondly, don't worry about it. Now, I am a pastor, and sometimes I get stressed out about it because I'm human, and that's dumb, okay? Because sometimes I get dumb. If there's anybody here that does not sometimes get dumb, come see me after the service because I'd like to talk to you. Okay? Sometimes I forget, okay? But the reality is, man, it, it, it's... We, we do the best we can. We're supposed to be witnesses. What is a witness? Somebody just goes and gives their account of what has happened. Somebody that says, you know what? All I can do is go and tell. I can just give my account. If you're a witness on a witness stand, you go and you say, this is what I saw. This is what I experienced. I was there. This is what happened. I, I was there. And for you, you're a witness to what has happened in your own life. You just say, I was there. I, I, I witnessed what happened in my life. See, I, I was an idiot and I acted like an idiot. And then Jesus came in, and it's like I started thinking different. Like, I didn't even want to be an idiot anymore, you know? Like, like I could even see what kind of idiot I was before. I couldn't even see it before, but now I could, like, I could even see it differently. Did you feel like that when you came to Christ? You were like, I didn't even realize I was an idiot. You know? It's like you have an out-of-body experience. You go, that dude was an idiot. And God goes, but who can do that? Who is the only person that can cause you to have an out-of-body experience and allow you to see yourself like you've never seen yourself before? That has to be a supernatural ability, isn't it? There's only one that could take you out of your own person and let you see, that could make you a new creation so that you could see the old creation, right? There is only one that could do that. There is only one that could do that. And he says, you know what? I'm going to give you power. And you're going to go out, and I know you're going to be scared sometimes. I know you're going to be scared. I'm going to give you the Holy Spirit. I'm going to give you the Holy Spirit. You're not going to be able to rely on yourself. You're not going to be able to do it your way. But you're going to have to trust me. And in our, da our daily lives, we have to learn to do that. All right, so this, I I'm going to give you a little, so we can kind of end on an even higher note, right? Unintended. After saying this, he was taken up into a cloud. While they were, were watching and they could no longer see him, as they strained to see him rising into heaven, two white-robed men suddenly stood among them, men of Galilee. They said, why are you standing here staring into heaven? Jesus has been taken from you into heaven, but someday he will return from heaven in the same way you saw him go. 
God's word is so cool, y'all. Um, so they're they're standing there and they're like they're looking up because I I imagine it was pretty cool, right? I mean, Jesus, you know, just like did Saturn V, like right up into the sky, you know, and they're just like, wow, and I and I kind of so the selfish side of me wants to know how fast he went. You know what I mean? Was it? Was it like Rocket Man? Did he like, shoo, you know? I want to know. Or was it a slow ascension? Was it fast? Was it Superman style, you know? I mean, I kind of want to know, you know? Was it Iron Man? I mean, I want to know, kind of, sort of. I mean, how cool, of a, how cool of a superhero movie would that be, you know what I mean? He's in his robe, it's flapping in the wind, you know? So, sorry, that's a... Kenny Brain there for a minute. So uh, so they're standing there, and I mean, like, Jesus has just gone into heaven, and they're standing there, and they're looking. And uh, I guess they're, they're looking up into the sky, so they don't notice these two white-robed men just appearing beside them, right? And uh, look, look at what the two white-robed men say. They say, men of Galilee. Men of Galilee. So I think, I think what they were trying to say, didn't say apostles, didn't say children of God, didn't say disciples of Jesus, didn't say Christ followers. They said, men of Galilee. They said, you're men of this earth right now. You're men of this earth. You're men that are walking around on this earth right now. But you won't be forever. You won't be forever. He says, now I want you to see that Jesus has been taken from you. And I understand that you're sad about that. I understand that you wish you could be with him right now. I understand that you wish you could be in his presence. I wish you wish that you could follow him up there, that you wish you could ascend with him like that. He says, but one day you will. One day you will. One day you will. One day he's, he's coming back to get you, and you will ascend with him just like that. Just like that. So I, I, wanna, I want you to think for a minute. I want you to, to pause for just a minute and... And think about it. So if you're, if you're a person walking around on this earth. And you're, you're longing to be up there where Jesus is. You're longing for him to come down here and, 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 and take you up to where he is. Don't you all of a sudden have a different perspective on all the things of this life that you tend to worry about? Don't you suddenly have a different perspective on the fear that you have? Don't you suddenly have a different perspective on the worry that you have about sharing the gospel, about talking to people, about being that witness that God has called you to be? Don't you suddenly go, you know what? What matters is what's up there and not what's down in here. It's not that we are men and women of Oxford, Alabama, man. One day we're going to be residents of heaven and God's kingdom. And that's where our minds belong. I know that right now we're here, but one day we're going to be up there. And God's given us right here while we're down on this earth. He's given us 
his Holy Spirit to remind us that one day we'll be up there. And we've got power right now and right here, but are, are we truly using what God has given us? You see, Jesus says that, that to whom much is given, much is required. So if, if you got a lot, then he expects you to use it. I, I really believe that one of the things that we're lacking is our, our, our tapping into that power of the Holy Spirit. See, a lot of people want to tap into that Holy Spirit power for themselves. What I see is a tapping into that Holy Spirit power for everybody else. Isn't that what you see when you look at God's Word? Man, everybody wants to tap into that Holy Spirit power because I want to I see how it makes me feel. I want to feel a certain way. I want to act a certain way. It looks like the Holy Spirit power was given so that what it could do for everybody else. And, and we're going to talk about something else that gives you those spiritual gifts. Are spiritual gifts given for you or are they given for everybody else? They're given so that you can impact everybody else for the kingdom of God, right? Are you truly tapping into that power? And are you using that power for the right reasons? Is it about everybody else? Is it about the kingdom of God? Are your eyes truly heavenly focused? Let's pray. Father, thank you for this precious word. God, I just pray that we would be people focused on your Holy Spirit. God, these apostles, these followers of Jesus... God, they had to depend on your Holy Spirit. God, they were afraid for their lives. And God, you had to remind them that no matter what happens here on this earth, that God, they are residents of heaven. That one day they will ascend and be with you. No matter what happens here. God, so many times we get so wrapped up here. And, and, and like God, we get so focused on what is going on down here. We think of ourselves so much as, as residents of Calhoun County. Lord, I just pray that we would see ourselves as residents of God's kingdom. God, we'd see ourselves as people that are recipients of the Holy Spirit of God. And we'd tap into that power so we might be able to go into this world and be witnesses in every single corner of this world for your kingdom. God, I pray that, that those people that we see in our lives, that, that God, they have a, a desire and a passion to understand more about you. God, I pray that we would go to them and we would ask them questions and that they would ask us questions. And God, that you would make us keenly aware of who those people are in our lives. And God, we would pour into them truth and knowledge about who you are. God, that we'd constantly be aware of those that are seeking you. God, we so desperately need your Holy Spirit in every single aspect. God, I just pray that you would show us the disciples that we are to make how we are to speak to them, the things that we are to say. God, I, I pray that you would make us more and more dependent upon your Holy Spirit with every single thing that we do. God, and that you would receive glory from our dependency on you. God, be glorified now as we're obedient to you, as we respond to you and whatever you lead us to do, whether it's stand or kneel at this altar or kneel where we are or walk outside and talk to you, whatever the case may be, I pray that we'd be obedient to you that we'd listen to your Holy Spirit right now. God, we need you. I pray that we'd be obedient now. In Jesus' name, amen. Everyone stand.